This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. And rest in peace, Robin Williams. Thank you for the introduction. That's right. I am in Hanoi, Vietnam right now on a pretty crazy vacation. Very happy to take some time to actually put this one up. I know last week I got a little lazy. I was in Thailand on the beaches of PP Island. And uh, yeah, sometimes the, the podcast just isn't going to happen. And last week was one of those weeks. But I think this week we are more than making up for it with a great episode, a long-awaited guest, a highly requested guest, Cody Carson of Set It Off joins the show, a band that has had so many ups and downs with their sound, ups and downs with their popularity, but they have a new record that is out now. This is, a, this is making some waves. This is making some waves. We have a great episode. Sit back, relax, enjoy. I got to say, I have really enjoyed the last two weeks I've been over here in Asia. Shout out to all my Singaporean new friends. Shout out to Mr. Rainer Ho. I got to play my first Chinese wedding. I played, I played all the hits. It was beautiful. People were so nice, so respectful to me. I had an amazing time over there. Thailand was amazing. Bangkok was amazing. Vietnam's been amazing as well. I got one last stop in Hong Kong before I head home, and it's back to work. <laughs> work, if you can call it that. And I got to say, I know some people weren't so happy that I skipped a week last week. You know what? That's what the hate line's for. And some people called it. Keep those calls coming. If you're not so happy, dial 1-657-666-H-A-T-E. Leave me a message of hate. I do sort of enjoy it. But if you want to hit me up, of course, 
You can email me, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Hit us up on all the social media outlets, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us. You can give me praise. You can give me suggestions for upcoming guests of the show. Really, whatever you want to say is all good. And I guess the biggest news with me on the music side is Silverstein will be playing the West Coast edition of Warp Tour. Warp Tour 25th anniversary. And it is something that's near and dear to my heart. I went to my first one in 1997, which was the third year they ever did it. And I attended it every single year since. So it's going to be like 23 Warp Tours in a row for me. And what a lineup they put together. I mean, both on the East Coast and the West Coast. They are bonkers. Some of my favorite bands are playing. So very, very excited to announce that. Tickets are going fast, but check them out. I think it's WarpTour.com or VansWarpTour.com. Again, I, uh, nobody even uses URLs. Just just type it in the search bar and it works. So uh, we'll see you all at Warp Tour. Another reminder, if you want to help out the show, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. There's tons of bonus stuff on there. If I take another week off, which I'm not planning on doing, but you know sometimes these things aren't planned, you could go back. You could listen to all, whatever, dozens and dozens of bonus episodes that I've put out, a lot of them with non-lead singers, which is always an interesting take. You get all that, plus you get swag shipped to your house, and you get to join an amazing community of like-minded fans of music, fans of the show. We have a great time. So check it out. It's as little as $6 a month. That gets you in. The link, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And you know what? We hit over 300 members now. I think we're at like 310 members. Very, very cool. People, a lot of people have been joining. I love to see this. I, I mean, I get it. You want to help me out? It's a good deal. It's a good bargain. And you're going to make a whole bunch of new friends from all over the world. We have people from, I don't know how many countries, but it's got to be like 12, 15 countries. So very cool community. And uh, I'm really proud of all the things with this podcast. That is one of the things I'm most proud of. So check it out, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. I think that's about all for this intro, but this is a good episode, a really good conversation with Cody Carson of Set It Off. What's up? Cody, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Awesome. Day's starting. I'm feeling good. <laughs> What's that? Sorry? My day's starting. I'm feeling good. <laughs> day's starting. Well, it's good. I mean, that's better than not feeling good, especially when you're on oh, tour. God. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's nothing worse than when you wake up, you know, and it's like, you didn't party the night before. You got a great sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything's fine. Great yeah. show. And just for some reason, you wake up and you're like, something's off, man. Something's not right. Yeah, yeah, my voice is shot or something. Exactly, but right? For no reason, but yeah. Um, yeah. But dude, it's been a while, man. Uh, how you been? I'm doing good, man. There's been a lot that's been going on. Uh, yeah. We've been working really hard on the new record that we just released, and um, I'm just excited that it's out and being able to play new songs and play a proper headline set. It's, it's satisfying. 
It's absolutely, nice. absolutely. So yeah, you guys are out in California. I think it's Santa Cruz today, if I'm correct. Um, yeah, you're right. And yeah, yeah, you got a bunch of shows coming up. Uh, yeah, man, I guess, shit, let's just jump in with the new record, Midnight. It's uh, It just came out, and um, I, I guess the biggest thing, you know, a lot of times this this podcast is a little more industry, you know, driven people from the industry and stuff, you know, listen to this show and whatever. And for you yeah. guys, big change, a new label, new management, um, yeah. obviously the sound we're going to get to, but but even just those little changes, uh, you know, make a big difference when you're when you're talking about launching this new album. They really do. Cause it's, it's so interesting because when you start working with different people, obviously everyone thinks differently, works differently, right. and you have to get to know that, that line of communication. And I think yeah. our biggest thing when we were like, you know, forming this new team around us was we just wanted people that really just gave a shit, <laughs> you know, like people <laughs> wow, yeah. that, that, that really, I mean, like, you know, you don't think about, I, I'm, it's weird to say it like that, but I mean, like you don't think about that sometimes. Like a lot of people can talk and about their connections and what they'll do, and, and, and just seeing someone's heart pour into something is totally different. And that's what we've seen from everyone that's working with us now. Is they're just really hungry, and they're, they have a chip on, on their shoulder like we do, and it's, it feels good to be around them. And like everyone's just constantly trying to get the best uh, out of everything. And I'm stoked, man! I love everyone that we're working with. That's great. I mean, that's that's better than the alternative. Um, <laughs> obviously, like, like you know, no one's ever said, "Yeah, well, it was better before," but I guess we got to roll it for, for a little Not while at least. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know where to start even with with. There's just so much to talk about. Um, r- r- seriously, dude. And, and you know, one thing, one way I like to talk, I like to talk from the beginning and go a little chronologically you know, with things. Yeah. And I think with you guys, um, it's, it's, you've had an interesting career because musically you sort of started out, you know, like a pop, poppier band, you know, yeah. a pop punk band. And then you kind of, your sound changed. You sort of filled a bit of a void, you know, with, um, with maybe my chemical romance breaking up and, you know, an AFI yeah. going away and you took some of those influences uh-huh. and now it's gone all the way back, maybe even further back to you know, to to the straight pop stuff, um, yeah, you know, so so I, I don't know, man. Like, obviously, this isn't something that's been calculated the whole way, right? I mean, a lot of it's just sort of worked out that way. Well, I mean, it's we, whatever era we've been in, we've always been just like an intense version of ourselves. I guess is the best way to word yeah, that. Yeah, like when we when we first started out, like we were heavily influenced by that 2008 scene of the pop, like you know, pop punk, uh, pop rock sound. And so that, that really shined through, uh, in, in a way like that. But I, I was talking with a uh, producer at the time, we were unsigned at this time. And I've always appreciate really straightforward advice. Um, and like, even if it sounds like it should hurt, <laughs> he, yeah. he, he said to me, he goes, right now you guys are basically just like a number in a fishbowl opening the labels. Like, Oh, we'll pick up this band that sounds like this. And I was like, shit, <laughs> That that's true, but I, I guess maybe we need to you know individualize ourselves a bit more. So when we right. changed our sound and went and went darker, uh, you're not wrong. That that thought was there about you know Mike and broke up. There's this open void. There's not really something doing the sound. And also, I you know I went to school for for classical music. And I yeah. wasn't utilizing any of that knowledge. And so I was like, well then let's let's merge the two with like orchestral sounds and that. And so we did that. And then we were polarizing ourselves like too much, like to where 
we felt outside of ourselves almost after an album. We're like, all right, this might be too dark. Like, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous. But then we're like, we got with a producer named Brian Paddock. And that's kind of where things started to change for us. Like, I grew up listening to whatever my sister listened to. Like, uh, like she was listening to, like, Destiny's Child, Usher. And then I found it in sync. And I was such a boy band fanatic. And my dad <laughs> yeah. listened to, like, oh, yeah, oh, massive fan. And my, my dad was, like, in the Tower of Power and... You know, I found new metal. It's like all these ridiculous influences trying to merge into one. And we wrote a song, Why Worry With It. And um, it was the first time I've ever been able to really, really feel, take the songs that I listened to growing up and find a way to merge them into what we're doing. And that's when I got like, I think we all got really excited. So I feel like we felt like we were finally on something. But like, I feel like we were always trying to find our true identity is, is what right. it was. Like, totally. like that, I feel like it's the hardest part of, a, uh, of being a band is, like understanding just who you are, just like that person, you're like, who am I? What is my purpose? What am I here for? And then someday you're writing a song, it seems to click, and then you, you kind of roll with it. And with Midnight, it was kind of, you know, after, after Duality, which is what Why Worry was, we 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 uh, we went too pop, to be totally honest with you. Like, that, that's just how I felt. Like, at, at the time, it didn't feel like that. You know, I was right. just really happy. And so I was writing because I was happy with the songs came out happier, came out more major key. And I think it rubbed some people the wrong way. And just because they were so used to having angry. Um, and so with Midnight, this new one, I felt like this was all into one and where it truly feels like us. Right, man. Totally. Totally. I lost you for a second, but I, I think I think I got it all. Um, uh, yeah, man. Well, yeah, it's interesting you say that. Uh, and I, I do agree. Like, you guys were always very sort of intense, and you still are intense about everything that you do. And <laughs> when you're trying to do, you know, uh, some of that... I don't want to. I don't know if like horror punk is the right like word to just throw out there because that would wouldn't be really, you know, that would do a disservice to what you guys were like were doing. But you know, mm-hmm. like when you think of some of those other bands, like um, you know, like uh, uh, you know, you guys were doing collaborations with like New Year's Day on Warp Tour stage, you know, and, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that, like bands like that that are very, you know, they're wearing makeup and they have a very heavy image um, towards yeah. their music. And it's like, I totally get it how you guys could be just kind of wake up one day and be like, okay, well, we've aligned ourselves in this scene and now people expect a certain darkness that maybe we're not really able to continually provide. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So going pop as much as that seems to some people like, oh, fucking sellouts. It's like, actually, no, (laughs) they're actually doing what they want to do. They were almost selling out before, if anything, you know? Yeah, like you were saying, like when like we mentioned before, like I think a lot of people forget that our old EP conference storm exists. Like, yeah, we started off this way. That's what it's, that was we the whole beginning. Our, yeah. Exactly, the whole beginning of what yeah. I said is is like 2008. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was you know you singing all time low, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, videos and all that, and then going on stage uh-huh. with them, and you know, uh, so like I don't know, man. I I think like it totally makes sense. Um, but one thing that that I find about your band. Um, and you know you you mentioned really quickly about your your classical background and stuff and your trained musical yeah. background. Whenever I feel, whenever I hear your band, no matter whether you're doing like a pop punk thing or a sorry to say horror horror punk thing or a pop thing, <laughs> I like always know it's your band because there's a certain style of like chord progressions and stuff that you use. Um, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Like, you, you know, you don't just... I wrote I wrote down a question here. I never really look at my questions, but, you, you know, it's like you don't settle for traditional chord progressions. You know, you're always trying to look for that That's edge fair. that makes makes you guys have that, you know, sort of interesting, unique sound. That's, that's fair. That's fair to say. I, I'd say like when we go into right, like our our biggest thing every time, obviously, and I think this is this is kind of redundant to say, but it's the truth is you always want to, you know, beat what you did last and yeah. raise the bar for yourself on the next one. And, and I feel like we kind of treat songs that way in general. As we try to like, you know, how can we how can we spice this up, make it interesting? Like there's a song on the album on Midnight called Happy All the Time, which I remember. So we wrote that with Sky from Issues. He's an amazing bassist. Yeah, he's, unbelievable he's What a great dude. I love that guy. He is a great guy and a musically unbelievably intelligent. It was yeah. such a pleasure to work with him. But um, when we first started working, he sat down on the keyboard and started playing these really like complex chords on the synth tone. And I won't lie, when it first happened, I was like, is this set it off? Like This feels almost like too out there. Yeah. And then the, the beat got laid under it. And then the, and then all of a sudden something clicked. I was like, oh, no, no, wait. This, this can totally be us. And this just felt right at that moment. It, but it was just fun to be, because that's why we wanted to work with them, is we love those funky chord progressions and finding a way to make them make sense in our genre. And it was so fun to see him just kind of lay that out there. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it must be difficult for you guys, though, now when you work on something and you go, is this set it off? And it's like, well, I mean, anything can be set it off at this point. <laughs> and that's what I love now. Like, it's like, I feel free, you know, musically. Right. I, I feel like we can do whatever we want. And that because we tried so many things just for the hell of it. And it's, it's really exciting to know that we don't have to feel like we have to fit within a box when we're going to write. Like we can do whatever we want, write as many songs as we want. And whatever we feel like works the best, we, we stick with. Totally, man. Totally. Well, you, when you make these kind of changes, um, obviously not everyone's going to be on board. Uh, you know, and you're going to have obviously a lot of people that are either industry people or your friends or your families. A lot of those people are just going to be like, oh, yeah, it's really cool. Like, I love the new direction. You know, I don't yeah, want to yeah. say that they're all like going to be yes men, but but there's an element of that. Right. So oh, of course. is it hard for you to gauge if, if like where you're taking things is going to be like it's going to work with your fan base or if you're you're gonna really alienate some of those core fans that have been with you guys for you know over a, like a decade. Um, with, with with this most recent release, I think I'm I'm getting better at gauging it now because you can kind of tell by finding the places where people leave comments that they don't think you'll watch. You know what I mean? Like right. like if there's a YouTube video, like for some reason no one thinks anyone's gonna watch that, or they just don't care, and they'll be brutally honest there, yeah. and that's great. I love that. I, or sometimes people will do their own album reviews of things, and usually I will gauge it by just kind of you know feeling out, seeing what the public thinks about it, and you know like before Upside Down, it was always just like a positive trajectory. I've, I've never felt like we took a step back and then upside down like i don't want to i don't want you know shit on that record i'm really proud of all, every one of those songs but i know that the general reaction was you know we like it but it's not exactly what we know you for and i saw that in like you know comments and reactions like that um but the overall response to this one has has definitely been a change in a positive direction and i'm happy for that obviously but no, yeah that's, that, that's, 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 you kind of have to hurt yourself you know like i feel like you really have to put yourself out there um, and just be willing to get your heart broken because right. you, you know if records are so personal. You know you're doing what you think is the best you've ever done at all times. You have to 
try new things, roll the dice, and hope to God that this hits because it's our livelihood. It's what we love to do. And then some someone on the internet can shit all over it. And it's like, it's like Instagram comments or, or something like, you know, like you can get a thousand positives. Or like you said, like your friend and family can yes man you all day. Um, but the one person that says something negative, man, that just sticks with you and it, it stings. But yeah. you kind of need it, man. You especially, really do. Especially when like deep in your heart, you know they're right. <laughs> you know, when you're oh like, my God, when that's you're the like, worst. How... Damn it! And in like you, you five want, words, they somehow like, and then they're like, "All right, that's a fair point." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I know you got like duality was a big record for you guys, you know, and and you know, I, I guess you know, upside down, it, it really kind of didn't, you know, it did kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit, and yeah, I feel yeah. like you guys are almost kind of okay with just pushing forward at this point, and I guess there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah, you got to be honest about it, man. Like, I, yeah. it, it is what it is. We were in a transitional time. Like, we knew that was our last record with EDR, and they were amazing with us all, you know, until that point. And we uh, were with new management that obviously didn't work out. And then, like, you know, th- th- to be honest, like, after that, I was in a really dark period mentally and emotionally, dude. Like, yeah. Because it's one of those times where, like, I, I feel every, every band member just had this thought of just, am I supposed to be doing this? You know, like you, you sit down and you start questioning your life and your career. And I, I fucking broke down in the middle of a grocery store. Like it was, it was tough to do it, but I think through that pain is what helped kind of put these songs together. It's just like, I, I, it was a necessary um, feeling to get this out and to, and to really get all that off my chest. So what was it that, what was it that hit you so hard? Was it, was it just that it wasn't successful that it, d- it didn't come out the way you envisioned it, that, you know... I think like- it was that, like... I mean, so we'd had, like, new new management, and where it really hit me hard was um, after the cycle sort of, you know, like, had its fair shot, and we realized it wasn't taking off the way we hoped it would, that, like, our team basically just let us go, and that's never happened to us before. And it felt like a total rejection. Like, right. for the first time, just, like, unwanted... I was like, wow, okay, this this sucks, this hurts, man. Like again, going back to what I was saying before about comments, like, you know, like you this is this is my baby, this is my life, and I'm basically being told by someone that they don't believe in it. And that's not easy to deal with. And it was something that like I feel like I'm really good at dealing with, with hardships in my life, at least I try to be. You know, whether it's just talking about it openly, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I don't care about trying. I, I, I always talk about how I think it sucks that I feel like some band members, we feel like we have to act invincible. Like, oh, everything's great. You know, everything's right. perfect. Like, when it's, when it's fucking not. <laughs> I, um, I sometimes don't know how to deal with it, and I'll bottle it up, and it just it just all came down at me at once, and I just exploded. But it was... Um, it was hard to deal with, but it was also, it reinvigorated us. And I think that's what it sparked the idea for the change for the next record was like, you know what? We need to find out, you know, let's, let's reevaluate ourselves here and we need to make a change. And, and that's what uh, the product of Midnight ended up being. Damn, dude. Well, well I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you're, you know, you got out of that spot and better than ever. And, you know, feel the no, dude, absolutely. This is what we're here for, man. Um, therapy yeah. through podcasts, you know? Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, man. Um, so if I know we've, we've already been talking a little bit about some things, but I, I, I would love to, you know, dive a little deeper into your past. I, I know you guys, you, you, can't, you talk constantly about how important, you know, high school music programs were, you know, for you. Yeah. Uh, for your bandmates, um, you know, you guys have given back to that community through some charity work and stuff. 
Um, but one of the little like tidbits about your band that I love is how you're a clarinet player. <laughs> yeah. I like love that of all instruments, you know, that's like, like <laughs> you know, and I, I'm, I'm not making fun of you, but it's, it's like, you know, oh, no, 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 because, you know, some of, some people like in punk rock and stuff, someone would like learn the trumpet or the trombone or the saxophone. Cause that's like in ska music. Yeah. But clarinet, Nick, never is. <laughs> oh, out of left field. Completely out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah, talk to me a little bit about your, your musical upbringing. I know your parents were really involved in, in you know, music and their musicians as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, talk to me about that and, and, uh, and kind of where, where that's led. Well, yeah, so my, my parents were in a band together, and um, me and my sister, like, we had a nanny when they would have to go out on the road, and when they could, we would go on tour with them. And that was just a, such a blast. We'd literally be, like, side stage, or side stage watching them perform. And once we were old enough, too, they would give us, like, little segments to come on stage and perform. And when <laughs> I played clarinet, that was one of the things. Like, I'd come up and I'd play a song on clarinet, and then I would go on stage and watch the rest of the show. But I started that because... My grandfather um, plays like every woodwind instrument you can imagine. He was teaching my sister how to play saxophone one day, and I wanted to learn because I thought it was cool. And I was too small for the saxophone at the time. I was eight years old. He goes, oh, you can play the smaller version of the sax. So I got my first clarinet lesson from him when I was eight. And, um, <laughs> at least I it wasn't was a flute. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Oh, I'm terrible, but I tried. <laughs> But yeah, I played that ever since, and it ended up being like it ended up becoming serious for me. Like I, I kept playing. I uh, in in band in middle school and in high school. Um, I I was doing like all state stuff, all county, and ended up uh, getting accepted to a music conservatory, uh, Overland Music Conservatory. And I was like, I was in band in high school. I remember I started as a drummer. And um, speaking, it's kind of fun to talk about this like lead singer center. But I, I was I was not a singer, and I wanted to be badly. And um, <laughs> okay, I was, yeah. I was, as a, a backup uh, background vocalist slash drummer, and at one point, a member of the band said, "You should really just stick to drums." <laughs> I'll never forget that for a long time. But I remember I wanted to be in these bands because once I got a taste of that, compared to being like in a classical sort of setting, like classical music is crazy because you have to rehearse like four hours a day, right. and it's like so difficult. And then when you finally get your your recital and you for everybody, you get like a golf clap. And maybe they'll stand. And it's like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, <laughs> but, and then the reaction you get at a rock show is absolutely, obviously different. So I was in these bands. I was in a band literally called One More Shot because it was my last shot before I went up to college to try to make it. And so I, um, obviously it didn't happen. <laughs> so we, um, I went up to college in Oberlin and as much as I was stoked to be pursuing something that I knew I could possibly make a career out of, I missed it, man. I missed it so much. Yeah. That's where the whole covers in the bedroom thing started and starting to write my own stuff started and I was just trying to find a band there but no one there gave a shit about the music I loved they were always like I wanted to talk about New Found Glory at lunch and they are like yeah but what about like Mahler Smith and I was like oh, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so you know one thing about your new sound I guess with with going the more pop you know road there's a couple things at play the first one is are you guys trying to get some radio play happening? Is it more mainstream kind of stuff? Like, is the goal to try to get a Grammy nomination, uh, collaborate <laughs> with those people? No, I, I mean, I'm being serious. Like, is, is there is there a goal there? Is there, there any thought in the back of your head of, of that's the direction you're going to take the band? Well, I mean, obviously it'd be amazing to get radio, but I, I in, in a realistic world, I don't ever go like, it's going to happen. We're going to go shoot for radio. We just write the songs that we want to write in. And hopefully if not, that opportunity presents itself and there's the budget for that, then, then awesome, let's do it. But um, 
the Grammy nomination thing, I was giggling because like that is a total goal of mine. I someday would love <laughs> to ever ever be nominated for something like that. Um, but right now, we're kind of just to be honest with you, just riding the wave, enjoying this album. That's that's our current goal right now is just to really like feel amazing in this in the skin that we're in right now. And um, and I know one big goal of ours, though, if, I, if I'm being honest, is we want to take advantage of streaming as much as possible. Because yeah. like, it's so, so crazy how that world has changed. Just like even within, since we've started as a band, like how many, how much uh, less albums you can sell to chart now because people right. just sell less albums. Yep. And streaming has become infinitely more important. Trying to get on playlists, like playlists to me are like becoming the new radio. Dude, I, I have this in my notes. I was just going to say this to you. I know. Yeah. I completely agree with you, man. It's so it's so insane because that's how everyone gets the music now. The new music Friday is out. All right, let's just play it, and all, it'll be in the background throughout my day, and hopefully they'll find us. You know, it's it's really crazy to see it all just evolving so fast. Yep, absolutely. And you guys have been very successful with the streaming model. I mean, not even just just, just the new stuff. Your old stuff as well has done really well. And you know, people are always saying. Yeah, streaming, streaming. It's the future. It's the future. And it's like, wait a second. No, no, no. It's the present. Like, it's happening yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it truly is. And I like, speaking of the future, I keep thinking about that. Where is it going to go next? Like, it's, I feel like it can't stop evolving. Like, there's going to be something that happens, and I don't know what. And no. it's interesting to think about sometimes. It, it is. But no, I mean, you couldn't predict this. I mean, if you look, look oh, back no. to 2008. You know, when you started the, the the band, I mean, even at that point, iTunes and, and buying digital music wasn't even that big yet. You know, people no, did I, it because iPods were big, but most of it was mm-hmm. was either, you know, CDs or illegal downloading, you know? Oh, yeah. Like pirating was huge in 2008. Yep. And I was I was talking to someone about that recently, and I felt like people in the industry were just racking brand like how do we get them to stop and so that we can make money again and i felt like what this, the platform of streaming now whether it's our it's like subscription based they're just basically making a deal with everyone they're like all right listen we'll, we'll, all you have to pay is 10 bucks a month all right and then you don't have to go through the pain of getting a torrent hoping that it's not infected and then you know and then in fact for ten dollars you'll get all the music you want and they're like all right i guess that's more convenient and then now that just become like the obvious choice instead of trying to download each album illegally I don't even know anyone that downloads illegally anymore. No, I, it's true. It's true. I, I mean, I, I think I was just as guilty as, as everybody else. Uh, oh, you know, so I'm, not, I'm not going to lie <laughs> lie about that. Um, I still oh, yeah. bought music too, and I still do. But I mean, you know, the amount of like my f- music fandom and my consumption never could equal my bank account. You know, that was, oh, yeah. and, and I mean, like a little bit sorry, not sorry, I guess for that. Um but yeah, but now, I mean, geez, like kids growing up now in this era, you know, if, if you're, you know, let's say you're 13, 14 years old and you've only been getting into music in the last couple of years, let's say, oh my God, you don't even know how good you have it. Oh my God. Absolutely. <laughs> like the amount of CDs I bought, man, like I, cause I'm from Canada too. And, and some stuff was really expensive. It was, they'd call it an import or whatever. So, you they know, do that? No way. what's that? I said, I didn't know they did that, like, labeled albums from overseas imports. They, like, upcharged you? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I sort, yeah, pretty much, basically. Like, once in a while, you'd have, um, you know, most CDs were, let's say, like, between fourteen ninety nine and eighteen ninety nine. 
in Canada. Oh, so, like, still pretty expensive. Yeah. But if I wanted, like, uh, I remember one record that I always wanted to buy, but I could never afford it, was Poison the Well, opposite of December. Because it was always twenty four ninety nine at the store. And I was like... Oh wow. man! Like I, uh, like I can I can buy like two CDs, you know, of, of other yeah. artists. But like I really want the Poison the Well, you know, opposite of December record. But the amount of records that, and I say records, but I mean CDs that I bought oh, yeah. that that like <laughs> that were absolute garbage and I hated because like you had yeah. to just roll the dice, you know, like you just went to the store. I don't know. What's this band crass. Okay. Sure. Not knowing yeah. I'm buying like the worst crass record that everyone knows is garbage. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just a kid like trying to get into punk rock, you know? So like some of those, um, various albums I bought that just like, I ended up like trading in or whatever. It's like so funny now it's like yeah. oh i can listen to crass and oh now i first of all i know which songs to listen to to get into the band yeah. you know and then second of all like if i don't like it well i didn't just spend two weeks of my allowance you know yeah exactly I, you just brought me back instead of remembering going back to fye and trying yeah. to see what new cds were out and i forgot they have that you remember like the little it's like they had headphones on it and then yeah. you could like click different albums and hear like a 15 second snippet like that was your only chance if you wanted to hear what you might be buying. Like and it, yeah. it just had to be on there. <laughs> I know, but but when they came out with that, the listing stations, that was like oh, such yeah. a game changer, man. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was like cool. I'd like go hang out in the record store for hours, just like on those listing stations. Like sometimes they'd have full records and stuff, and I just you know, it was. I, I got the same excitement as when it would be like. At a, like a video rental place, which is also now a dead service, but like you could like test the video games while they had like all the consoles there. Yeah, that, that was always a good time. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, dude! Except there's always some like asshole kid hogging the machine for for way oh, too long. Absolutely, but <laughs> you're waiting there, and then your mom wants to go, and then you gotta go. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I forgot to ask you the tradition of playing the clarinet on every album. Did you get to play your clarinet <laughs> yeah. on this new album? I do, I do. And actually, uh, so when, so just a quick background, um, and I swear it's related. So my dad wanted me to be a clarinetist really badly because he played trumpet and he went to Berkeley and then he dropped out to be in a band. And it obviously, like, he, it worked for a while, but it wasn't totally sustainable in the end. Ended up having to, like, be that quintessential father busting his ass nine to five, support the family, and he just didn't want that to happen for me. And while I was in school, um, I like I was saying, wanted to be in a band really badly, so he was fighting it tooth and nail. Well, anyways, uh, the kind of long start story shorted. He had cancer at the time, yeah. and he, the time that he finally accepted my dream to do this was actually thanks to All Time Low when they let me perform on stage because he saw my love for this and he was like, "All right." So they called me and told me to take you up to school. Two weeks after they accepted it, he passed. But there was a song called "Danny Boy." that meant a lot to us because it was basically about a father talking to his son who's going off to war saying like, when you leave and come back, I might not be here anymore. Right. And that's kind of what happened to, to me and him while I was going to college. And, um, I, I wanted to always involve that in this it, for, for, for that reason. But also I wanted to be able to write a song to honor him. And it took me a few years and that's always called dad's song. And since then I haven't been able to do it again. Cause it's just a really hard thing for me to write about. Yeah. But, um, I had this concept I really wanted to write about, and we finally were able to do it on this record called Unopened Windows. And um, we, it's basically about like, you know, the window of opportunity of the things you wish you could have done being like trapped inside of a house 
and watching it happen outside, like you're behind this unopened window. But um, so on that song, we um, on my dad's horn, which is that the horn that we use for everything. Um, Dan was the only guy my dad would let play his horn because Dan's really good at trumpet. And so, <laughs> okay, cool. so, so, so Dan would Dan plays the uh, Danny Boy part. In that and um, that was featured in that song before, but this time I play it with the trumpet on clarinet, and uh, I was just really, really stoked to do it in the song because it felt like I'm like playing with them. I don't know, it just it felt like that to me, and it was just it really meant a lot. Absolutely, no, it's it is really cool, and then it's funny how I asked the the question, the like kind of like cute question, and then ends up getting kind of serious and uh, and stuff. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> that's just the the way things shake out. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, but like with the, with the clarinet in general, like per album, I think I, I only, it only started in cinematic. No, no, no. It's made in horrible kids. Our EP because we didn't have it in the first one. But um, but it, I always try to find a way to sneak a horn line or two in there. Like I think in duality was the haunting, <clears throat> and then I think I actually played saxophone on on the previous record. But I think I also snuck in uh, clarinet on upside down somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's uh, it must be funny when you're like working with a new producer or something and you're like by the way yeah, at some point I'm going to walk in the studio with the clarinet and it's going to get a little weird so just you know yeah. embrace it dude uh, I love oh, it man. well speaking of saxophone um, Matt Appleton collaborated with you guys again uh, he's a friend I of mine from Real Big Fish uh, yeah yes. he, he's an awesome dude and um, yeah tell me how that how that relationship's kind of gone I know it's it's been <laughs> ongoing Absolutely. Um, we met, so we met Matt a while back when he kind of swooped in and, and saved us for duality. He became um, uh, heavily involved with that, and um, he helped us like write and record some horn parts. And um, in fact, he wrote the, the horn hook after the chorus in Wolf and Sheep's Clothing. It was the first time I didn't have my hands totally on writing a horn part because I always felt <laughs> responsible for that. And right. I, I remember walking into his to his he has this like place in the woods. He's He's so cool. Dude. He's the coolest man on the planet. Like he has this house in the woods. He's so like outdoorsy. He, like is a, he loves beer. But anyways, I walk in and I hear like horns upstairs. And I was like, oh no, I need to go hear this right now. So I walk up. It was the other person horn parts. And I'm like, cool man. And back now I'm like, I really hope this is awesome. And it was. It, I was blown away. And then I see him like with every horn imaginable in this room. I was like, you play all of these? Like, I, it's pretty neat. Someone that can play woodwind and brass. And, and he can do that like it's nothing. Well, for for this song to collaborate, I, we we uh, Dan and I were in the song in a hotel, and we we're like, how cool would it be to to have a sax solo like like that that typical crazy sax solo? We've never had a, a reason or a time for it, but like this is it. And I <laughs> I, I was so pumped because I, I listened to, to a lot of Tower of Power growing up, and there's a, there's a song called The Real Deal by them, and there's this amazing sax solo a tenor sax solo in the middle of it uh, two of them actually and um <laughs> i hit up matt appleton i was like dude this song needs a sax solo would you please do it and he was immediately like down let's do it and um i gave him the song as a reference and he just tore it to pieces i love it um yeah I, I, anytime we can work with matt i'm i'm always excited to do it because he's just so good at everything he does <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really cool. I mean, has it changed though in terms of production who you're kind of aligning yourself with? Because you know, obviously the the sounds, you know, songwriting is one thing, but just getting the right sounds. I mean, a lot of rock, you know, rock producers don't have the knowledge in terms of like how to do electronic drums and programming and stuff like you know the way that you guys are kind of doing it now. 
Yeah, I know that you're absolutely right. Like, I think that's a huge reason why we went with Mike Green this time around was, you know, we, uh, on the past two records, we were with Brandon um, 100% of the way for pretty much, and he's very pop-oriented, and he was the first person to help us turn band into being able to involve that genre. And then Mike Green, I feel like, has been phenomenal at, at merging the two, so taking knowledge that we've cultivated from the past two records, and then we're like, we had a meeting with him, he was just so excited to get on board for the project, and we've we've heard what he's done with his projects in the past. We're like, this is a no brainer. We got it. We got to go with him. He can help us get like these really awesome good guitar tones and bring the drums really to life, as well as having this pop production. And he works with people that have that pop production. But okay, what you're saying, producer thing, something popped in my head is I forgot. You know, like we when we used to do uh, when we first started recording uh, records, we always had like the same process of uh, we would come in first with the full band and then it would be pre-pro for maybe a week and then it's all right now we record drums now we record bass and guitars then vocals and it was always that like a very organized yeah. orderly thing yeah. and that's totally changed for us it's not like that at all anymore like now we go in like with mike it was just we he had an open amount of time we just came in every day with like dan and myself and we would just write a song and then we're like, all right, then we would come back and write a song and come back and write a song until we had an, like a large enough catalog that we knew we could narrow it down to what we would love. And then the recording process is like, all right, well, we recorded songs while writing. We recorded a guitar while writing so we could just keep that. Um, now we just got basically, you know, we already did bass so we can keep that. And we can, I did vocals the day of writing it so we can keep, like, we'll do it all kind of as it's going instead of like, all right, everything is like this. The only thing that's still like that is drums. Like we'll have a drum day. And everything else is basically like kind of as it goes. It's more free form, it's spontaneous, and yeah. I, I love it so much more. Yeah, absolutely. It, the old traditional model is is pretty much dead at this point, you know. Because um, yeah. because I, I don't even I I guess that it just was, you know, the whole thing was the drums laid the foundation for for mm-hmm. a record typically, right? So you had, you know, the I mean, every record I've ever made, even still. It's like, okay, the first day we're in some like really, really big studio to record drums in this big room. You know what I mean? Like then, then you know, you, you get these awesome drum sounds and then the rest of it's done in like, you know, basically like a bedroom sized studio, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. not, but you know, a smaller studio, yeah. you know, and, and now it's funny. Like I'm hearing about a lot of bands literally recording drums last yeah. And, and tracking everything just to like a click track or just like MIDI drums. And then yeah. that way decide you can decide later like, okay, well, if this vocal, let's say this vocal, um, you know, melody ends up changing and like extends a little longer. Well, then we can have the drum fill like come in right, you know, when that vocal stops yeah. rather than over top of it. If like the drums have already been recorded. So Absolutely. I think it totally makes sense to do that, to do things, to just kind of do it as, it, as they come. Because at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter. No one can tell. People might say they can, but there's no way you can tell yeah. if something no, was recorded can. before something else, you know? Yeah. So no, that's... No, absolutely right. It, it gives you a lot more flexibility. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. No one can tell that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you guys are on tour right now. Um, yes. Headlining. With a new record, yes. and you know the new songs are, are new for your fans. Uh, I'm sure a lot mm-hmm. of them coming out are are on board and know and know you know know the songs. Some of them probably don't. Oh, yeah. Some of them are probably surprised. Um, <laughs> how is how is that going over with you know? You guys are known for being 
especially you, no, known for being such a, a dynamic frontman, is oh, is doing this music you. is it different in a live setting? Um, honestly, it's different in a, in a really awesome way. Like we we have live show really in our in our heads when we were writing these songs. Like this song, we put a song in the set called Criminal Minds, and literally, like I want, I made a tempo based off me jumping. I was like, all right, I like, like let's do a song <laughs> to this tempo. Like, I was like, okay, like this will be awesome. And so we <laughs> yeah. the set because I even like wrote the melody to be on the down. It's like kind of do I then get by? So it'd be fun to sing while you're jumping. And so we threw it in there because of that. And I'm watching it happen now. And I'm like, yes, like this is awesome. Like we're finally like seeing them come to life. And they're, <laughs> they're loving it. They're, they're, we've only had two shows and we're trying a bunch of new stuff. Like for instance, like with the horn thing, Dan and I have like this horn battle. Like he played, like we go back and forth. <laughs> I play sax, he plays trumpet. There, Max has his first like drum feature. And uh, we're playing some new songs. We did a medley of like from old to new and, it's, we're doing a lot of fun stuff, and it's it's a long set, but it's the longest we've ever done. But I'm I'm really having a good time. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I I uh, the thing that that I always do too is like if I hear a riff, I write I'm writing something, and I'm not sure. It's the headbang test. If you can headbang to it, it's <laughs> yeah. good. You know. Uh, Hell yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Man, that's that's um that's funny. No, I just I just asked that because you know not 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 because I'm trying to say like uh, trying to get you know make you say that it's harder or it's worse or whatever just because it's different and and like when you're talking about uh you know drums being uh i assume that you're using you know drum tracks to get those kinds of sounds like how else would you do it um in a way like that stuff isn't what you're used to and isn't what people are used to in terms of like a big rock drum sound but when you're talking about like 808s and stuff like there's nothing that sounds bigger than that so when you're talking oh, about yeah. like, winning over a crowd and like, all of a sudden it's like, it just sounds huge because you have this, this sub, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's a it's different kind later, of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, blending Absolutely. those, blending those styles of music, I think live could, could kind of really actually work in your favor. But it, it's perfect. Cause I feel like that was such a huge focus of ours. Like, in fact, on this album, we have a, like those live drums on every single song. And that was a very huge priority to us. And oh, yeah. when, uh, during the upside down era, we were like, we weren't thinking about it, you know, like we're just like, let's write the song. Perfect. It has the tones that we want. All right, next song. And with this one, we're like, no, we need to make sure that this is there. So if there is any program stuff, it's meant to be there layered with the live element. So it does have that bigger, wider, um, maybe more sub based feel. And, um, it's, it's working out great. Like I get to see Max have the time of his life on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. That's great, man. That's great. Um, so I got a, I got a fan question here. If uh, you don't mind, um, we kind of covered this a little bit, but, uh, but it is a cool question. It's from Tara Thompson. She lives in, um, Newfoundland, Canada. Awesome. Hello, Tara. And, uh, (laughs) she, she says Cody used to cover all time low on YouTube and he sang coffee shop soundtrack with them in 2008. That drove him to start set it off. And it really, uh, and sorry, so it felt like really everything was coming full circle. She says she's curious as to what your reaction was when you got the offer for the all time low Canadian tour in 2015 <laughs> and what that was like for you. Um, it was it really was a full circle feeling like, you know, like since the, since that performance, I remember how nervous and and just unaware I was like as a kid, like being around all those bands on that all press tour. I was like 
I was watching all my favorite bands play right there. And uh, I was like, and someday, obviously, it was like, someday it'd be amazing to tour with these guys. But you never know, like, if it's ever going to happen. Right. And it, it, we had to really, like, you know, obviously prove ourselves to even have an opportunity to get a shot at something like that. So to, to, to get that offer, was a, it was a nice feeling in the sense that, awesome, this is coming full circle, but also, like, cool, I feel like we've gotten to a professional enough level to be able to tour with those with those bands. It was... Um, it was really cool, and it was really nice of them to reach out there. By the way, some of the best tour hosts ever. They treat everyone so well, and I I love that. I think that's so important to like really take care of everyone that's on the tour that you're with, and they they do not hold back on doing that. No, they're some of the some of the best and great crew as well. Uh, it's too oh, bad. It's too bad that the tour was just Canada because it was probably only like ten shows or something. Yeah, but we made the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we did a tour with Good Charlotte a while back too. It was the same thing. It was like it was like ten shows and it's over. And I like I'm like I talked to Joel like twice. Like shit, man, <laughs> bummer, dude. Like where every you know the drives yeah. are so long can we just and do it again? <laughs> no time to hang out. And I was like, can we just do a, yeah. an American tour of like forty shows? You know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, hey man, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, what else is there to tell the people? Obviously. Uh, midnight is out now you guys are on tour you got videos to watch you got uh, yes. songs to stream or vinyl to buy whatever it is but yeah. what, what, what else is happening um well, the, one thing that i'm really excited about right now is while we were making this record we had our videographer with us throughout the entire process and um there's like you see everything like we didn't like we didn't want to filter anything like if we if we got in an argument it's there if we <laughs> Right. If we if you saw something being created, it's there. It's kind of like a mini documentary series that we're calling Midnight Thoughts. I think episodes one through three are out right now on our YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash set it off. But um, I would love for people to check that out if they want to see like the behind the scenes of the creation of Midnight. And um, also, we're, we're still like planning a lot more touring uh, internationally, and also uh, we're looking at possibly doing another uh, U.S. tour before the year is over. So we're going to be yeah. on the road to just keep keep tabs with us on social media. We would love to see everyone come out and have some fun. That's right. Yeah, no, I see you guys are going to the U.K. and, and Europe pretty much right after this tour wraps up too. So uh, yeah. all the best with that, dude, and I hope the pipes remain strong. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. We that. don't talk about singing that much on this show, but uh, it's, it's doing okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, I'm doing good so far. It's just sleep for me, man. Like as long yeah. as I can get eight hours, I'll just all oversleep like a piece of shit till four p.m. If I need to, <laughs> whatever <laughs> I have to do to keep it safe. <laughs> awesome, dude. Well, Cody, uh, thank you again so much, man. And uh, yeah, good luck with this this album cycle. If I don't see you around, and uh, and have a great rest of the tour. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, really one last thing. It. One last thing. I'm gonna play a, a new set it off song. What song should I rip? Ooh, I want you to play Happy All the Time. Happy All the Time. Here it is. All right, I'm Lee yeah, Singer yeah. Syndrome. Cody, thanks so much, man. Thanks a lot. When's the last time I felt this? Oh, I dug myself a cannon to hide my woes. Lost myself somewhere in the deep. Down with silver lines are hard to see. I've something before How you moved in better days And I'm so insecure I keep forgetting what I've had And craving so much more But lost in a familiar place These words will bring me home It's
So there is brand new Set It Off, Cody and the Boys with Happy All the Time. What a great episode, right? So good to hear all about his backstory, super interesting stuff, and just the roller coaster ride that has been their development, their sound, everything. Very, very cool stuff. Thank you so much, Cody, for taking the time out of your busy touring schedule to have a chat with me. Next week, we will be back, I promise, and uh, no more vacations for me for quite some time, so please hit the subscribe button. If you like the show, write a review on iTunes, tell a friend, tell a loved one, join the All Access Club, hit me up, call the hate line, do whatever it is you want to do. Thank you so much, everybody, for everything. Peace and love. I'll see you next week.